Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And hey, uh, normally Tuesday, so Stephen last and Tuesday, but he's off celebrating Christmas, I think, with the family. Called away to do it. He's not a whole lot going on anyway. So giving Stephen the day off, so we reached out to our good buddy, Michael Katz from the DJ Journal to talk about Ole Miss and this incredible streak that they're on in the transfer portal, everything going on there. And, heck, they got a big bowl game coming up. We can't forget about that. So we're going to get into all of that with Michael Katz coming up here in just a minute. But, you know, I said it's a slow time, but there was some big news here on Monday. So I wanted to get to it. And the biggest one, we talked about this on the last episode. No decision looms larger in college football at least didn't until today with uh, Carson Beck. Will he go to the NFL? Will he return for another season? Well, he made it official coming back to the Georgia Bulldogs for one more year. This is massive preseason. Again, at worst, probably three. I would think more realistically two or one. Georgia's going to be the favorite, uh, at least among the favorites. Only Alabama and Texas, I think, could even – compare with them so those are probably going to be the top three teams in the country next year all from the SEC you know they'll always they'll they'll hype up uh, Ohio State I'm sure and they'll fall flat on their face Southern Cal they'll give them the benefit of the doubt for some reason but beyond that I mean it, it's going to be three of your top four or five in the preseason Bama Georgia and Texas now that Carson Beck's coming back I think that elevates Georgia up there with anybody. So huge news for the Georgia Bulldogs. On the flip side, I wanted to start with the good news. We all knew this was coming, I think, but uh, the five-star Dylan Riola, number one quarterback prospect in the country, had been committed to Georgia for many, many months. Even the family moved to Georgia. He made it official. He is going to be signing with Nebraska come Wednesday when the early signing period begins. He's a Nebraska legacy his dad played there. His uncle played there. His uncle's currently the offensive line coach. So no big surprise. Georgia's going to be just fine. They'd rather have one car. They'd rather have Carson Beck over Dylan Riola. No, there's no doubt in, in my mind here. Particularly, obviously for next season when they're making a championship run once again. So good news, bad news, a little bit, but way better news for them Georgia Bulldogs come here on Monday. Now on the other side, LSU. Kind of what we expected, but Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner, announced he is not going to be suiting up for the Tigers in the upcoming bowl game against Wisconsin. No surprise. I mean, he's off. His stock is as, as high as it's ever going to get. He's kind of a slender guy. I've even heard LSU people recommend he go on to the NFL. There's nothing he can do in this bowl game that's going to increase his stock in this point in time. But how about this? It, it seems like the team really bought into Garrett Nussmeyer wanting to get the, the Nussmeyer era off right. And according to Brian Kelly, I'll kick it over to him here, but every single player, aside from Jane Daniels, is ready to play in this bowl game against Wisconsin. So this will be a nice little test for Garrett Nussmeyer to see how ready he is to lead the Tigers next season, year three of the Brian Kelly era. Johnson. Jaden's the only guy that's not playing in the game. You know, we're 
we're bringing everybody that that was with us in in the last game of the season. Um, nobody else has uh, said anything. We've practiced now. We've gotten in five practices, and uh, everybody has practiced with us. Uh, everybody has trained. So that's two weeks in uh, with the entire team here. So we're pretty excited about where we are. We'll go back. Uh, and uh, tomorrow will be a heavy day on Wisconsin, and we'll spend the rest of the week this week uh, really focusing on Wisconsin. And that's not all the uh, potential LSU quarterback news we got here because A.J. Swan, former Vanderbilt quarterback, big arm, ton of promise, was supposed to be headed to South Carolina. We talked about that on the last episode. Not so, as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. It sounds like A.J. Swan will now go to LSU, which is interesting. Because, of course, they got Nussmeyer. Swan's a little bit uh, similar style. You know, not great runners, more pocket passers, big arm guys. So uh, that's pretty interesting. But remember, Walker Howard was the third string. He's now at Ole Miss. So they need some depth there at quarterback. I would think getting on the field would be a lot easier at South Carolina. I know they got Lenore Sellers. Everybody's high on him down there in, in Columbia. But... It's more, much more likely you're going to start over Sellers than you are Garrett Nussmeyer. That's just my opinion. But and, and nothing's official. AJ Swan has not officially signed or anything like that. And all these transfers that should be noted. It, you can't really sign. It's not official till you show up. So again, we'll we'll get to some more Ole Miss stuff. But I mean, half these guys like a Juice Wells, like a Walter Nolan, if they get all of them, it's not official till they get on campus. Other teams are not going to stop trying to recruit them. So just something to keep in the back of your mind. But speaking of not being official, man, I praise South Carolina for getting, uh, for, you know, Swan that looks like they may have lost him. But the one that I was really excited about, Jaden McGowan, standout receiver from Vanderbilt, averaged over 10 yards per catch, 80 catches in his two seasons at Vanderbilt, where they've got very little of a capable team around a couple outstanding skill players players but it sounds like Jade McGowan now no longer in the picture for South Carolina even so this this is wild and, and how about this I'll throw it up on the screen here according to sports talk media down there in South Carolina they're saying AJ Swan may be headed to LSU the source said Swan's mother would prefer him at LSU so maybe that makes sense why AJ Swan would rather go to LSU than South Carolina, I guess. But still, I think the situation will be better at South Carolina. But here's the, the critical part from Sports Talk Media. Also told the commitment of Jaden McGowan could be in jeopardy due to a better NIL deal from Boston College. Boston College! What are we doing here? <laughs> South Carolina cannot be getting outbid by Boston College. And I'm already, I put that out there, and people, South Carolina fans, well, maybe we don't want him. Jaden McGowan would be your number one re- receiver right now. He's better than any receiver you got. And before y'all throw at me, what about Nicholas Harbor, five star? He could be great. He didn't, he had moments. He had like 12 catches this year. And he was making, he's never played receiver to my knowledge. I, I think this is his first year, he's learning on the job. His ceiling is incredible. But right now, is Harbor better than Jade McGowan? No. No, he is not. So this would be a big blow. And particularly if he goes to Boston College, this reports out here now that you're getting outbid by Boston College. I mean, what in the hell are we doing here? Awful 
awful look if this is accurate information from sports talk media and they're not ones to just throw stuff out there but mm, i don't know i don't know about that that's you need Jaden mcgowan on your roster do what needs to be done you got to freaking compete here in the sec and we're losing quarterbacks to <laughs> i don't i don't know this this is just all this momentum at South Carolina, I'm, I'm starting to question it a little bit if this is what we're coming down to. We're, we're losing quarterbacks that may start for us next season, and we're getting outbid by Boston College. Just a, a bad, bad look, in my opinion. But a good look in the portal. We'll, we'll get right into this more with Michael Katz in just a minute. But mm, Ole Miss done it again. Landed Mississippi State defensive back to carry on Richardson. Two multi-year starter for the Bulldogs was one of their standout uh, corners this year in Starkville. He is off to Ole Miss. Portal King strikes again. Immediate upgrade here. Richardson was uh, the next in the line of uh, several great corners they've had at Mississippi State, and I've I've seen some people are bitching and moaning. Oh, I hate this for college football. You're jumping from Mississippi State to Ole Miss. He's not the first one to have done it, but. I mean, the entire staff that recruited him in Mississippi State just got fired. I mean, so that, you know, people bitching about loyalty. Well, they weren't loyal to the coaches that brought him in. They're gone. He he doesn't have to stay for uh, Jeff Levy, who may be a hell of a coach, but or Coleman Hutzler, who's never called a defense. He, that's supposed to be his defensive coordinator. No, I, I think, uh, you know, I don't hold it against Richardson here for going to the in-state rivals. But Lane Kiffin, the master troll, after this news, he retweeted it. I'll throw it up on the screen here. But he retweeted this news with a butcher knife emoji. little stabbing there. Jeff Levy, Mississippi State in the back, I guess. But uh, <laughs> Lane Giffen never misses an opportunity to troll. And he did that once again here on Monday. Still no news yet on Walter Nolan. All indications are Ole Miss likely to land him. But again, until they do... Nothing official, uh, so that is certainly one to watch. That is the one to watch, I think, in the transfer portal, but maybe there's another contender. I'd rather have Walter Nolan than this last guy, but just want to make note of this because Southern Cal receiver Malachi Nelson, he was a five-star just a year ago, number two quarterback prospect in the country, right up there with Nico and Arch Manning, has entered the transfer portal, fed up with Lincoln Riley, and that garbage defense they got at Southern Cal, this causing some waves. I mean, five-star quarterbacks are not wanting to sit anymore, and it sounds like Southern Cal is going to try to add a quarterback from Kansas State. Will Howard, I think is his name, or, or something like that. Hill, I, I, I don't know. Who cares? But the point being, Malachi Nelson, I guess, was not promised anything at Southern Cal, and now he's in the portal. So a lot of quarterback needy teams around the country – Malachi Nelson, I would think, automatically jumps to the top of the list. Will he head to the SEC? I have no idea. But if you're in Auburn, if you're in South Carolina, you know, teams like that, uh, hell, even Arkansas. I mean, I'm picking up the phone and asking him, what is it going to take to get you to come to the SEC? That's a call that needs to be, that I'm sure is being made by many, many programs around the country trying to land the number two quarterback prospect in the country just last season who sat behind Caleb Williams this fall there at Southern Cal. But that's all I got. Want to save some room here for Professor 
Michael Katz. Yeah, he he's teaching classes now at Ole Miss. What a time to be alive. Let's talk some Ole Miss recruiting, portal, bowl game, all that with our good friend, Michael Katz. All right, hey, we're pleased to welcome back one of our favorites, Michael Katz. You know him from the DJ Journal, covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Daily, uh, Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, coming off his latest fine bomb appearance. He took off a jacket and the tie. I was a little disappointed. How you doing, Professor? Uh, I'm good. You know, I, I wanted to feel more casual here. You know, it gets a little tight. Uh, I just wanted to let it all out there and, and, and not have to worry about the confines of, uh, of, the, of the mouse and the things I'm allowed to say on there, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, I know you're probably a lack of sleep as well, because I, I talked to you yesterday a little bit. You're terrified of these damn shark emojis every time they're going up. It's seemingly about every hour or so. Uh, how much sleep did you get last night worried about uh, the shark emoji? So I, I tweeted out at like maybe like 1030 last night. I was like waking up in a cold sweat at 3 a.m. to check if I missed one. And I'm not kidding. At maybe like 12.30 or 1, I was like, I need to check. Like, I, I have to do it. Like, my phone was on do not disturb. I was like, what if what if it happened? Like, what, what if I miss it? Uh, it's a crazy world, man. It's, and again, it's, it's, it's so, like, if you, if you said like 10 years ago, like, a shark emoji is the bat signal. That's, it's absurd. But here we are, and it gets everybody hyped. And it, uh, for Ole Miss, it's meant really good things lately. Yeah. Who? So who's more popular in Oxford right now? Is it Lane Kiffin or is it Pete Golding? Because I'm just seeing nonstop Pete Golding. I see in the mentions, it's the Jim McElwain humping a naked shark, and they put Pete Golding on it. I mean, he is—he has got to be the most popular man in Oxford right now. It's like I look at tweets and like all of the retweets and likes are the exact same picture of Pete Golding. And everybody has like changed their avatar to this like one specific picture. It's so funny. I'm like, okay, well, that narrows it down. And I I don't know who this is anymore. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's he's killing it. And I mean, there's no there's no other way to put it. He is selling the product right now. And it's, you know, Ole Miss was so close this year uh, to being where they ultimately want to be. Uh, you know, they're 10-2, they're in another New Year's Six game, that's great. But you're ultimately judged by, do you win your biggest games? And they didn't. They got smoked in one of them, and the Alabama game was just kind of ugly all around, and, and they just didn't really give themselves much of, much of a chance in that one. And afterwards, uh, after the Georgia game, Lane was asked, what's, what's the next step for your program to get to what those two programs do? And he said, you know, uh, you know, obviously we got to coach better, but you know, there's a reason Georgia has all those five stars. Like talent does matter. And uh, when you're Ole Miss, you have to get those sorts of players in any way you can. And it's not always going to be through traditional recruiting. Would they love to get them all out of high school? Yeah, but that's just not the way it works for Ole Miss. They're never going to win that battle for the most part. How do they get talent? It's through the transfer portal, and they're absolutely killing it. They're filling every need. Uh, I think they've got five of the top 50 players right now. Um, they're, according to 247, they're the favorite to get the number one player. You know, it's it, it's always wait and see with that sort of thing. A lot of things can change, but they're in a good spot, it sounds like. Um, 
they're winning all these battles. And I think the people who are coming in understand that if they were already close, I can be that part that gets them over the hump, especially with the 12 team playoff. They're already in that conversation uh, with these additions. You'd have to think that uh, they're, they're feeling even better in this new uh, expanded playoff world. Right. And, and how much credit do you give Pete Golding? Cause I know everybody wants to just look at NIL and, and we're not being naive. That's a huge part of it. I, I wanted to ask you about the Grove collective as well here in a minute, but Pete Golding having been at Alabama uh, the one thing about Pete, he is, you know, Kiffin gets knocked as, as not a great recruiter. Well, Pete, Pete Golding's the exact opposite. I mean, I mean, he's he's going to recruit his ass off as long as he's a college coach. And even some of that's not fair for Lane Kiffin because I do recall a standout running back from the state of Alabama that uh, he got away from Alabama and Auburn. And, of course, I'm talking about Judkins here, so it's not like Kiffin doesn't recruit. But the, just the fact that Pete Golding – He's got to be aware of all these guys, even the guys he didn't get at Alabama, guys that he recruited for years and years while he was a member of the Crimson Tide staff. How much uh, how much credit does Pete Golding get with uh, a lot of these additions that the Rebels are getting via the transfer portal? No, I mean, it's I don't think you can overstate what, what he's meant. Um, every good staff needs a, a guy like that who is a relentless recruiter someone who uh is always recruiting in some capacity uh of course not during the dead times and stuff but you know what i mean who's they need that guy who is always on it and and lane Lane has been a good recruiter in his career there's no you know he's he's got some really talented players uh but to get a guy like golding and like you said i think the pedigree of guys he helped develop at alabama helps and i think there's also i mean you look at some of the guys that they're getting uh, they're SEC guys, and it's guys that that Pete Golding and Lane have seen. They've gone against. They know exactly what they're getting, and they know how they fit. And I think that that combination. I think Pete is is really good at, at understanding what he needs for his defense to work. And you know, was the defense perfect this year? No. Again, that Georgia game that was that was pretty bad. Uh, even the LSU game that they won, uh, Jaden Daniels, of course, I know he won the Heisman. He's amazing. Uh, that was a defensive, uh, the opposite of a masterclass, uh, <laughs> is what I would call that. But, you know, they won. Um, but the defense made, it was so much better. It was, it was so much better than it was a year ago. Uh, you know, the points per game were better but uh, by about three or four. But I think more importantly, you saw them make adjustments. And that's something we didn't see a ton of over the last – you know, last year, it's like if something was working against them, it tended to work the whole game. Now, you know, Pete Golding is a really smart guy. He knows how to make adjustments, and he knows what he needs, um, not just during a game, but coming into a season. And I think that uh, with that sort of a guy who can identify what is going to bring my group to an even a higher level – is I mean it's it, it's about as important as 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 it can get in college in college football right now. Yeah, and hey, can you give us any insight on the uh, the Grove Collective and and you know how just you know obviously a lot of this is like in the shadows to an extent with the figures and everything. So I'm not I'm not asking you for that, but you know you just look around it and I mean we all know Texas Texas A and M Bama Georgia Tennessee LSU all all these schools got money. So what 
what is it that, that makes the Grove Collective unique? And is it perhaps, Michael, where we're going to get to a point where, hell, if I'm Josh Heupel, I, every job that's opening, I'll say, I may consider it. We need NIL funds because that's what seemingly what Kiffin did. And uh, it has worked quite well for them. No, I mean, I, I think that Lane was really smart from very early on when he said that this is going to be free agency. I think that's one of the smartest things he did because he put it out there. He said, this is the way it's going to be. What are we going to do about it? And Ole Miss's community has responded. I mean, it's really, you mentioned the pro, like, yeah, you expect Texas to have a, a good collective. You expect Al, you expect those places. Uh, you know, Ole Miss is, it's, it's a smaller community. It's, 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 it's maybe not one that uh, traditionally is thought of in that same light, but they have, I mean, really gone all in on, um, on, on, on lanes, you know, uh, his message. And, uh, I think they've really kind of taken it as a challenge. And again, I think that with the team being as close as it is right now, I mean, they are so close to being where they want to be. I think that you can sell that really easily right now and say, Hey, if we raise even more money, imagine how much more we can get. We're already close. Like let's, Let's finish the deal. And so, uh, yeah, you know, the it's it's all a little bit mysterious in terms of, like you said, the 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 exact amounts and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it, that's it's college football right now is uh, it's 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 like Lane said, it's it's free agency. And, and if it's the haves and the have nots. And there's a surprising amount of of haves that I don't know if we all expected uh, I think people traditionally just thought that the rich were going to get richer. Like Alabama was going to win every fight because they're Alabama, they have money. But like now you're seeing Ole Miss and you're seeing Colorado, these programs that have really good collectives are winning some of these fights that I don't think people foresaw. And I, I think that's good for college football. Um, it's certainly good for Ole Miss because it's putting them in a spot where they're able to get the elite players they need to take that next step or, or to want to take that next step. So uh, it's all it's all it's all so strange, though, um, you know, when uh, Lane the other day at uh, his press conference was wearing a Grove Collective uh, quarter zip. And I'm like, man, like that's it's wild because like, yeah, <laughs> the school can't be the one to obviously, you know, funding, but, you know, they can endorse uh, the collectives and, and whatnot. And it's 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 all so weird. And I know we've been doing it for a couple of years now, but it all just it, it's. It, it's wild how much how much college sports has changed, but uh, change is the name of the game, and Ole Miss is, has adapted about as well as anybody. Yeah, that would have been a fireable offense five years ago, Cats. Ima ima <laughs> imagine wearing a thing that says, "Hey, uh, this the, these are the ones that are paying. What, like, give us more. Like, that's crazy." Do you also? And I've made this point on this show uh, that hey. Ole Miss, aside from Georgia and Bama, they've won more than anybody in the SEC the last three years. You combine that, you combine the players that are already committed to returning for another season, and if I'm Lane, if I'm the collective, whoever, whoever's you know the 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 puppet master, so to speak, of of this whole operation, and I would imagine it's not it's not just one shadowy guy it's it's people yeah. working together that's that's yeah. why they're they're getting this done but if i'm an old miss guy basically is what i'm trying to say 
what I would be pitching is we'll get to the schedule here in a minute, but manageable schedule, all this talent, all this success. If we're being real, Ole Miss, the goal annually is not to win the SEC, is not to win the national championship. You should shoot for that, but it's not realistic, you know, annually. But next year, if we add this guy, we add that guy, we add a Walter Nolan, we add a Juice Wells, we can realistically, if things break our way, we can do this. We can make the playoff. We can win the SEC. Hell, if the stars align, we can win a national championship. Do you think that kind of narrative is is helping fuel all this success in the transfer portal? I, I, th- I think that's without question. Um, when you look at at uh you know this is a team that look like look what we've already done think about how close we are you can be that next part of it and i think um i you know it's it's a dangerous gambit to be all in on one year but let's be honest these opportunities don't historically come around for Ole miss very often uh there will be you know moments here and there where they're where they're having uh, you know, success, but success is, has, hasn't traditionally been super sustainable uh, here. It's come in pockets and uh, you know, there's usually some really, there's some high highs and some low lows. Like they are on a really high high right now. And I think they understand that in this evolving landscape, they have the resources to keep this thing going and it, all leading into next year. Again, it's dangerous to put all your eggs in one basket, but uh, when you look at everything that's coming back and what might be coming back and with with everything that's, uh, you know, coming in through the portal and and, and recruiting and, and you add all those things up, uh, it's 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 it, 2024 is a is a really big year uh, for almost. And that's not to say that they never have a chance after that. I, I think that they're going to if if next year goes well, I think they're going to keep being able to build on this. But uh you know with 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 this is the team that if the 12 team playoff was now they'd be in well it's not a 12 team playoff but it's gonna be i think they understand that they can be in a position to win a national championship and 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 they're 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 selling next year in the immediate future pretty hard quick little break from the show to remind you guys we're brought to you by my bookie head on over to mybookie.ag today and put in that promo code that SEC, T H A T S E C, over at my bookie online sportsbook. They're willing to give our audience a $200 exclusive cash bonus today to wager on these bowl games. NFL, NFL playoffs will be right around the corner. College football playoffs, all the sports, they got you covered over at mybookie.ag today. And don't forget, most importantly, that promo code, that. SEC is the number one way to help support the show this football season. Head on over to mybookie.ag today. Put in that promo code, that SEC. All new users get a free $200 cash bonus just for signing up and using that promo code. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Don't forget the Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports, the go to site for daily fantasy sports, is none other than Prize Picks. And with that promo code, SEC, they are willing to match your initial deposit up to a hundred bucks. So you can have two hundred bucks in your Prize Picks account today with that promo code SEC. Help the podcast stay independent. I know football's winding down, but there's still 
Lots of football action to get in on before it all comes to a sad, depressing end. Head on over to Prize Picks, promo code SEC, and that SEC over at mybookie.ag today. We don't ask for much. We just ask, take advantage of these sponsorship opportunities if you can afford to do it. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game Time is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And now, back to the show. Now, it, it certainly doesn't hinge on just one player, but but obviously we all know the quarterback, his importance in the game of football. Jackson Dart, you know, there's been some kind of mixed messaging. Kiffin says he's coming back. Dart says, whoa, whoa, old the horses there. Now, now he's not said I, I'm definitely not coming back by any means, but uh, what, you know, how likely is it that Jackson Dart is is not on this team? And, um, you know, w- what's all going on with that? And is it, you think they're just kind of wink, wink, trying to nail it down there? You know what I mean? Like, like is, is Jackson Dart going to be our quarterback? I guess that's the real question. I think – Here's the way I look at it is I don't know. And again, it's all fluid. Things change. I, you know, it, it could change tomorrow. It, you know, it could change a, a couple of times between uh, when it's actually ends up being announced. But I, I, there's a part of me that doesn't think that the players that decided to come back, the receivers, um, the tight end, you know, guys who, you know, obviously, I'm sure there's NIL incentive there, too. But, uh, you know, these are guys who are on the older end of, of college football. They probably want to get their pro career started uh, in other in another world when there wasn't NIL. Um, I don't think they're as willing to come back if they don't think that Jackson Dart's going to be their quarterback. It's hard for me right. for them to all say, yeah, we want to come back with a brand new quarterback. I, that That seems... Uh, a little bit less likely. Could that be the case? Absolutely. Um, college football is weird. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a USC fan. I just saw our five star kid enter the portal today. Uh, <laughs> things happen. It's it's a new brand new world. Uh, it's it's wonky. It's 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 always changing. But 
Um, I, there's there's a big part of me. I think when you look at the quarterback class itself uh, this coming year, it's there's some really good players. I mean, you're going to have two quarterbacks picked in the top five for sure. You've got Washington's Michael Penix. You've got Bo Nix. You've got, I mean, obviously Caleb Williams and Drake May a little bit higher. You've got a lot of uh, really it's a really good quarterback class. And uh, I think, you know, even Quinn Ewers is a guy who it sounds like, I'm not sure if it's changed since, but uh, I don't know, it was being talked about that he was going to come back. And like, if a guy like Quinn Ewers is coming back because he's got all of the tools, he looks like an NFL quarterback right now. Uh, if that guy's coming back, you would have to think that other guys are probably going to fall in line behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think there's, you know, I, I I think everybody to an extent is probably trying to see what everybody else does. And maybe it's moving a little bit more slowly uh, in that regard. Um, again, you know, I imagine that NIL plays a part in this, too. Let's 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 be honest. That's that's what it is. Um, but uh, it, it's hard for me to not see Jackson being the starting quarterback um, just because. Uh, you look at the the class, you look where he's at. He got so much better this year, but there's still I still think there's another there's another gear. And with everybody coming back, I think he's got a really good chance to reach that gear. And especially with, uh, you know, lo- looking at at the incoming talent, the talent that's returning, they've got a chance to make a championship run. And uh, who would want to be a part of that? Right. And if not for such a loaded quarterback room. I would cite the uh, Cats connection to Southern Cal, Malachi Nelson to Ole Miss. If only there were already five, six quarterbacks already getting paid down there in Oxford. I don't, I don't think they could even afford him. But, hey, speaking of next season, I, I do want to ask you about the bowl game, but that's that that feels like an alternate reality or I something forgot like it's that. happening. <laughs> so I'm going to skip that for, for just a hot second here. Let, let, let's look at the 24 schedule real quick. And, uh, I, I mean, the non-conference is a joke. Furman at home, MTSU at home, at Wake Forest, Georgia. If they're not 4-0, something's gone horribly wrong. Kentucky at home, South Carolina at on the road. That'll be tough. But, hell, they, they may not have a competitive football game cast till October 12th. I mean, that does this schedule factor into all this playoff hype? And, and, and is there a concern? Because someone at SEC Network already, they've already like torched me because I was the one stupid enough to hype up old uh, LSU as national champions all offseason. I, I kind of crowned them. And now I'm crowning Ole Miss, you know, doing part to this schedule and all these guys. So so now I've given them the kiss of death. Uh, yeah. is, is there any chance that uh, all this hype, all this buzz, you look at the schedule and, and and you idiots like me saying, well, hell, if if they're not six and zero, oh, something's gone horrible. That uh, th- that maybe that's it's like too much pressure, and and it kind of derails a dream season. I think when well, first of all, that's you're disrespecting former USC head coach Clay Halton and Georgia Southern. <laughs> so please put some respect on. on, on I forgot on. they've got a really good offense, don't they? That that uh, they, they did a couple days ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the, the talk all off season, this last off season was how does Ole Miss manage an insane schedule? They managed it about as well as you could have asked. Yeah. Would you like to win those games against Bama and Georgia? Of course. 
but they beat LSU. They won at Auburn. They won. They won at Tulane. They won the games they needed to win to get to where they wanted to be. And you look at this schedule. Uh, yeah, the game at LSU that's going to be tough. Baton Rouge is a brutal place to play historically. Um, but you know they're undergoing change too. Uh, the Heisman Trophy winner is not going to be there anymore. I don't. You know I don't know if Malik Neighbors is. You know the receivers. They're. That that's going to be a, a different look offense next year. Not to say it won't be good, um, but I don't know if it's going to be as as. Uh, I mean, it was that was a, an amazing offense this year. Um, you know, you look at. I, I think it's dangerous to look at. Uh, you know, games against like Florida and Arkansas and South Carolina, and be like, oh, those are those are gimmies because like you know, in the SEC, man, like weird stuff happens like we were a fourth and 31 away from uh alabama being a two-loss <laughs> team and, and here they are like they're in the playoff like weird things happen um against teams that should honestly probably dominate um you know road games in the SEC are tough but if we're looking at uh who is home is going to be the better team they're going to be the better team in almost every game they play this uh, the game against Oklahoma, I think, is going to be really interesting on October 26th. That one is in Oxford, though, and I do think that makes a difference. I also think Oklahoma is going to be a little bit different, um, you know, without Jeff Levy, who's obviously the head coach at State now. be interesting to see what that offense looks like without him and Dylan Gabriel um, transition uh, to the SEC, too. Who knows how they hold up in a season-long grind? You know, that's eight games in. What does Oklahoma look like eight games into an SEC schedule? I don't think they've ever had to – be ready for that sort of a grind yet. No disrespect to the big 12. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously the Georgia game, that's going to be tough. That's going to be here too. And I do think that helps. Um, but, you know, but if, if you're looking at the, the games that I think are going to define this, this season for Ole Miss, it's October 12th against LSU. Then they have a bye week and then they got Oklahoma. Uh, and then they get Georgia on November 9th. Those three games, you've got a really good chance to win two of those, if not all of them, you know, depending how Georgia looks uh, going forward. It's, it's always hard to say that anybody's going to be Georgia, but we just saw it can be done. Uh, you know, a couple teams almost got them this year too. Auburn was, was really close. Um, obviously Alabama was able to do the thing, but um, you know, I, and if, if you lose one or two games, you're in the playoff. If you're in the SEC, 10 and 2 in the SEC is almost certainly going to get you in. And so with that schedule, I, they've got a really good shot to to to, to be in the mix. And uh, I mean, what more can you really ask for? Right. And I'll, I'll make a prediction right now, Cats. If they go 2 and 1 at LSU, Oklahoma at home, and, and Georgia at home, if they go 2 and 1, they're going to the playoff. Because I, I think they'll now, as you, Apparently, and Lane Kiffin would say, that's nothing but rat poison, so don't bring that rat poison to Oxford. But, hey, last thing, so, like I said, there is a bowl game. I mean, we just kind of gloss over this with the portal and all this. I mean, who who cares? But it is New Year's Six. I mean, this this will be a big one. Uh, to my knowledge, Ole Miss never won 11 games in a season. That's on the line. Kiffin kind of needs a win. Not that it's going to really deter next season, but still, a, a win like this would be huge for him. We know James Franklin, desperate to get a win to, to prove he knows how to uh, coach at an elite level. Uh, thoughts on, on this matchup with Penn State in the Peach Bowl? 
Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, Lane and James Franklin, obviously they're very different and they're in different points in their careers uh, in their respective schools, but who did uh, Penn State lose to this year? It was Ohio State and Michigan. Who did Ole Miss lose to? It was Alabama and Georgia. Both of these programs are still, and, and don't get me wrong, like Ole Miss beating LSU, that was a signature win. That was an amazing win. The way they won that game, that's huge. There's no question. But I think both of these teams are looking to... I don't know if proved to themselves. I, I think they're confident, but I think that there's a lot of people on the outside wondering how good are these teams really? If they can't beat the best teams on their schedule, what are they? And we know they're good. Are they great? And I think a game like this, the winner is going to be in a, in a really good spot to uh, prove someone right. I mean, like you said, uh, Ole Miss has never won 11 games uh, in a season. This is only their second 10 win regular season ever. And I mean, this is, this program has been around a really long time. It's kind of crazy to think about. And yeah, I know they played less games back in the day, but uh, you know, this is a program that has had success. And, and for, you know, and for both of these 10 win regular seasons to come in the last three years, I mean, it's pretty crazy where this program uh, has come in, in the last few years. Um, I, I think that it's an opportunity to uh, and like you said is is it gonna change perceptions for next year no you know if they lose that game everybody's still gonna be coming there and they're you know that it's not gonna change what the team looks like next year but i do think to an extent momentum does matter on the outside for how voters and preseason magazines see teams for for you know whether that's right or wrong and uh, you know, I think that's that can be, a again, a dangerous game when, uh, you know, a team can look great in the bowl game uh, and then they're a preseason top five team and then it, they're a totally different team the next year. Every year is so different. But uh, I think to get momentum going and, and for Ole Miss to be at the forefront of the college football conversation nationally, uh, you know, they're already they're getting close to being consistently in the next national conversation i think a win in the peach bowl is going to sort of break that ceiling and i think it's going to be hard not to talk about all miss going into 2024 yeah one of our live listeners on the last show said it best michael they said penn state is the old miss or the big 10 so we're gonna find out we're gonna find out which team is for real come I I I think I think whoever loses they're going to catch some heat. That's all I'm going to say on that one. But hey, uh, I really appreciate your time. Uh before you go, can you tell our audience how do they follow you and how can they find your work? Yeah, if you want to see me uh tweet some shark emojis, I might just start doing it myself <laughs> to see if I can get any. But uh you can follow me on X, Twitter, whatever it's called now. Uh, at Michael L. Katz, K-A-T-Z. And uh, you can find my work at djournal.com. I just want to say thanks, Michael, for joining the show. As always, always a treat to have him on the show talking some Ole Miss Rebels. But, uh, hey, that's all we got on this episode of the show. Cousin Shane will be back on the next show. Probably, uh, I would imagine, we're going to go live again, 6 Central, 7 Eastern. I said that backwards. 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central. So be on the look out for that come, what will it be, Wednesday, I guess. Ooh, or no, Tuesday. Man, I'm getting my days all mixed up here. Yeah, Tuesday. It's we get, we're, we're right there for uh, the early signing period, which is really just National Signing Day is what it really is now. But 
uh, be on the lookout for that. We're going to talk some recruiting and some commitments to watch. A lot of the, the buzz is gone from these events, but we're going to try to get through it together. So stay tuned here again, Tuesday evening, seven o'clock Eastern, six Central. We'll be back on the air. And until then, I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.